When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room. I'm Dominic Booth, hosting again, and I'm joined in the studio by Nathan Blake and Paul Abandonato. How are you, chaps? I'm good, thanks. Good, thank you. A little tired, Thanks. but been a busy week. Yeah, not I'm bad. Paul busy doing the garden this week, so I hear. Uh-huh. I'm busy dealing with all the fallout uh, from the Wales game from last Friday night, to be honest with you. Boom. Well, let's pick it up there, shall we, chaps? Because um, a fiery night in Dublin, but there's a couple of Wales players who I'd like to talk about as potential Cardiff City candidates. Uh, one we've already seen in Bluebirds colours, of course, Joe Ledley, perhaps, or maybe a goalkeeper in Wayne Hennessy. I don't know what you would uh, like to kick us off with there, uh, Blakey, on those two, or, or maybe someone else. Well, I, I said um, when Marshall went, I thought um, Wayne Hennessy would have been a, a good addition because at that point, I don't think he was Crystal Palace's number one goalkeeper. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's always the Welsh element. Uh, attached to it uh, but how I always say is if, if Wayne Hennessy wasn't Welsh would he still be suitable for a replacement keeper for Cardiff City uh, I would say yes I think he, he's he's more than a championship keeper I think he's a premiership keeper he's not in the higher echelons of the premiership goalkeepers I think he'd accept that but um, as far as a, an experienced quality uh, goalkeeper, I think he would he fit the bill, yeah. And um, he's bigger than what I thought. He's a lot, lot, lot. I I thought he's about six foot one, but he looks no, about he's six four, six five. Yeah. He's huge. So um, I've never really stood next to him, but I did see him uh, recently, and I thought I was taken aback. I thought I can't remember you being that tall in. Out of contract as well in the summer pool. Yeah. Would you uh, welcome someone like Hennessy? Yeah, I mean, I have stood next to, to Wayne. I remember to this day him making his Wales competitive bow, or I think it was his debut, against the Czech Republic in Ryan Giggs's last game. And he came and he was a kid. He was one of many kids Toshak threw into the fray in those days. Replaced Paul Jones, who... You know, it was clearly coming to the end of his time, and straight away you could see Hennessy had something about him. Mm. And then, for whatever you know, his career was a bit of a roller coaster, which yeah. happened to young goalies. Yeah. And then this season, certainly in the in the close season, um, Palace brought in Steve Mandana, didn't they, from from France, mm. who was supposed to be highly rated, and that was it. We feared for Hennessy's place in the Palace team, and he lost it at the start. But he's regained his Palace place. Um, and Allardyce seems to rate him really highly. You know, Allardyce wouldn't put somebody in goal. He he would want a big physical best situation of a, of a of a goalkeeper, wouldn't mm. he? So it remains. You know, I I think Hennessy would be a fantastic addition to the Cardiff City team. They desperately do need a goalkeeper to supplement this. Go back to what Blakey said last week about this Bamba Manga Gunnison's a horror spine. You had a good uh-huh. goalie to that, like Hennessy. And you've got one heck of a championship t- spine for a championship yeah, team, you know, have, you know, Yeah, you know? I think, I, you know, and there's what you've got to understand is like he's coming to the end of his contract mm. with Palace. 
that isn't really allowed to happen with players who are seen as you know indispensable if you like right yeah. you know they usually they run down to you know 18 months two years and then it's renewed a new, another year or two years on top so it, it says a lot in itself that maybe Palace don't rate him as highly as what some of us do so the possibility is there and if it's if he's available you know do those Welsh players he's not going to cost you anything is he so yeah do they become more attractive for, for Cardiff like you said the, the Welsh flavour obviously Paul Trollope tried to do it in the summer Jazz Richards and Emma Hughes came in it didn't mm. really work out for Hughes but Richards is, is now doing well so mm. you know is you've it, got to do it for the right reasons like yeah. I said you know you peel the, peel the Welsh thing away is he suitable for this squad and if the answer is yes, then what I always say, the Welsh thing is an added bonus because yeah. the Cardiff fans will f- be an extra, a bit extra, you know. They might chant that a little bit louder. Well, and a bit more excited because, you know, we're, we're a fairly small nation. Yeah. So, you know, and we are, it's like an us against the world sort of thing. So, and Welsh players understand it because take it from me when you go out into England and play around the clubs yes a lot of it's banter but you do get a lot of stick for being Welsh it's as simple as that I mean you mentioned I mean Hennessy's big mate in the you know his his roommate with Wales is Joe Ledley Hmm. you mentioned Joe there should Joe come back I know Blakey's of the view that modern day midfield and he's absolutely right it's a fast paced game isn't it which Hmm. is why Mm. You know, so like Peter Whittenham has gone back a little bit. Yeah, and I, I would I would say Joe's more. Um, you know, it's difficult to say no to someone who's played in a Premiership for so long and at the level he's played and his, you know, his contribution to Wales in the Euros. I, I thought was um, was magnificent, yeah. really, to come back from where he was to, to play. You know, if you can, if I've always said. Joe does a lot of. He's 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 not like Peter Whitman. He does a lot of work that you don't see, right? Yeah, or you're not really looking at. Yeah, but he gets through an hell of a lot of work. Yeah, and I would say if you're gonna play with the two holding midfielders, like I said, or even one holding midfielder and push Gunnison as an eight to, as an eight, going box to box, I would then say yeah. If you know you don't look at him in the Premier League and think oh, he's out of his depth. You look at him in the Premier League and think, probably got a year or two left at that level. Do you know what I mean? So if you can bring him down, if you can get him down at this point, you know, again, I would think that would be a really welcome addition to yeah. the squad. Surely, surely central midfield is, is, is an area kind of have to bolster in the summer. You can't go through a 46-game season with basically two first-choice central midfielders as there are at the minute in, in roles. And, what they and need, Gunnison. Dom, is options as well. So, you know... I don't think anyone who's there now fits the what the Joe Ledley would do. He is an out and out six. He's changed him. He's changed because he's not got the legs to go box to box anymore. He is an out and out six, so he has got the legs to get about covering centre backs, covering full backs, and things like that. And he understands the game very, very well. So, what you need then is a, a, a if you're gonna a, another addition would be someone for me young athletic box to box and then someone else who is more creative number 10 number 8 8 box to box 10 playing the hole beyond the striker of a more creative nature so you've got a balance for when you're going into QPR away 
you need solidity, you need to solidify your defence, you need to make sure you're tight. You play a Ledley and a Gunnison. When you're going when you're at home and it's a big game and you wanna take three points and you're all out of attack, you might play Ledley and then a number eight and a number ten to give you that creativity. So it's about having options. What you don't want is to create a squad, which I felt what we've done in the past, of very similar players. You know, if you look at like most of our players, there was a standout thing where none of the attack players were coming with any sort of pace. So we're all of a similar elk, if you like. It was mean. That's why it was so desperate to get someone like Junior Hoylet involved and then Kadeem Harris involved because the team was overwhelmingly lacking pace. If you've got that pace, you need a, a creative number 10 midfielder. You've said that on this podcast a few times, Paul. There's, is there very, there's very limited options out there for Cardiff in that position. Is there not in terms of wage requirements and, and budget requirements? I don't think so because we're talking about the Championship here, not the Premier League. So, But if you look at someone be... like Helder Costa or... Hurahan, who've gone big moves in January, they're not cheap. Mm. Well, you know, how much did Hurahan cost? It wasn't that much, was it? Um, so five, six million is still, still yeah, a lot of money. Cheap, but I mean, but, but Cardiff cheap have, these days. Cardiff, Cardiff, true, have true. Saved, mm. Cardiff have saved five or six million by the emergence of Kenneth Zahora. Mm-hmm. So the money that he does, that, that um, the manager is looking to spend, which is, I think, between five and eight million, can go on these key players, mm. the, the wise creative player that he wants, the flair number 10 that we think the team needs. So that's where the money can be diverted, but, I think. But playing devil's advocate, and if Warnock said there's a, a war chest of, of six million to spend, if that's going on on one position, do you leave yourself short maybe in a goalkeeper or a, an extra fullback or whatever he needs to go and get? No, don't, no, we don't get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the manager gets paid for is to make that decision. Is to look at, you look at things like who's come down, what kind of squads they're going to have, who have you got at your disposal, who do you want out of the building, who have you seen in lower leagues who could bring in and improve things. Might be people say, "Oh, I was taking a chance," but you take a chance if you sign someone from the Premier League and they come down. You know, I would say it's easier to come from a lower league up than it is to come from the Premier League down because what you find is most people mentality coming from the Premier League it takes them a year to readjust. Whereas when you're coming up from the lower leagues, you're so hungry and 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 want to impress, you tend to hit the ground running sort of thing. So, you know. Those are decisions that the manager's going to have to take. We can we can throw them about and play with them. You know, are you going to get a goalkeeper for nothing? Well, Hennessy's out of contract. You might get lucky. Does he want to drop down from a Premiership? A Crystal Palace saying you're mad. Sam Allardyce, here's a five-year deal. Here's a four-year deal. It's so at the moment. It it's so fluid, really. It's cloudy. It's, yeah. You know, and no one really knows. And that's why I like scratch my head and think. You know, eight million. What Neil Warnock got asked for? You know, if that's what he's asking for, that's a drop in the ocean, really. To what I would say, I would consider what you would need to build a championship winning. I don't say playoffs winning team, because you're going to have likely Sunderland, likely Middlesbrough, likely could be Swansea, could be Palace. Could be Palace. So you're going to have, whatever, however you look at it, you're going to have three very good Premier League teams coming down next year. 
we're all got we're all gonna have money to spend. So I mean, then you look at like so QPR, they're on a good roll. If Brighton didn't do it, if if Newcastle didn't do it, Norwich are gonna be in there. Fulham are gonna strengthen. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna get harder and harder to get out of the Championship into the Premier League. Will uh, Will David Marshall and Hull City be in the Championship next year, Paul? And, and is he a, a credible option? Just to take it back to to the goalkeeping debate. Well, he's lost his place with Hull. He's lost his place with Scotland. Um, Didn't feature at all for fact, for them during the international it, break. It's quite ironic. It seems that Alan McGregor is now taking his place. Um, in the Scotland side, <laughs> with Craig Gordon, I, I really when, when it was Marsh, Marshall's brilliant form for Cardiff that finally usurp, saw him usurp McGregor, mm. who had been a mainstay of that Scotland team for mm. many years. Mm. Uh, but Marsh just forced his way in through sheer force of performance with mm. Cardiff, if you like. You know, mm. um, I don't know what's happened. Mar- you know, Mar- Marshall hasn't just become a bad goalkeeper on account of leaving Cardiff to mm. go to Hull, Blakey. Mm. Um, Mar- you know. Some of the saves he made at Cardiff City Stadium and away from home, obviously, but we could see them particularly close up at Cardiff City Stadium, were out of this ordinary. Mm. You know, I know a goalie is there to make saves, but for a little period, he was making exceptional saves. Mm. He, you know, he has. You know, he's not old for a goalkeeper by any stretch of the imagination. Mm, very true. He should be in his pomp. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Marshall come back. I come back to Blakey's spine. Let's start it from the front. Zahora, Gunnison, possibly Ledley, Bamba and Manga already on the books. Mm-hmm. Marshall behind them. That is one heck of a championship yeah. spine. Absolutely. You're talking about a team to win the league. You don't need too much to add around the edges there, Nathan. I you? think you've got enough to, in the current know. squad to put in alongside those types of players to, you know, I I suppose that's when you look at Neil Wallach and say, yeah, I kind of understand, you know, you're saying eight million, that might be to just get the one or two players he needs and then the other two players he picks up on a free. We don't know, you know, there's, there's always a doing it. So well, Why do you think it's gone on for Marshall? I know that him and his Paul, family it, it's, were, it's, were it's, really it's, it's, there's, there's lots of things. It, it could be that, yeah, that your family are not settled, so your mind is constantly away from football you know his mum could be sick he could have just be loss of form he could have had a falling out with the manager you know he could have you know hurt a finger and not been able to do what he's usually doing on a daily and slowly but surely going backwards a bit and the other keepers so I mean from the outside looking in we always just look and go he's not playing well what you know it must be that he's not playing well. We don't attach the the human side of it. Do you know what I mean? We don't say, well, he's a man with kids, a wife, a mum, a dad, brothers, sisters, you know, aunties, uncles. There might be a number of reasons why that he's he's lost form. Football might be the first thing from his mind right now. You know, he might be in training every day, working incredibly hard trying to get in. Or he might be withdrawn and thinking about something that is more important to him so it's a difficult one it, it's 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 easy for us to say oh it's just form but nine times out of ten there's usually a reason in behind it what, what was the intriguing tweet Dominic that his wife put out a couple of months back it was she uh, calls him Dave the Save doesn't some, she something along the lines of how she misses Cardiff I believe 
and how they were so. We the all know. Cardiff need a goalkeeper. Does Cardiff need another goalkeeper or something like that? Well, she then had to apologise for. Yeah, I'm not sure if she, she deleted the tweet or, or apologised or just put the record correct, yeah. corrected what she said. But yeah, it did imply that, that Marshall was settled in Cardiff. Doesn't and doesn't that give an indication? Well, that could that that, that 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 is what I would say. Usually, if it's that obvious, then it's usually the reason. You usually, don't need to look further than what is coming out of the horse's mouth, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? So, kids not settled in school, maybe not enjoying life in her, wife not enjoying, not made friends, you know, on his case, on David's case, saying, look, I'd, I'd rather go back to where, or she might be saying, I'm going back, and you're going to have to travel or commute, and he might be thinking, oh, no, you know. How, how straightforward is it? Know. We don't know. I mean, we don't know. that they are very settled. There. They might be that. It might be the happiest place they've ever yeah. lived. The kids might think the school is great. But something has gone wrong with his form of clearly, his form. Clearly, if he's not, you know, if he's if he's lost his place uh, in the way he has, because to me, he's never really settled there as a goalkeeper. I've never seen him as a stalwart like he is. Like you know, he's built up to now. You know, you almost forget that he plays for Cardiff. Then he's now a whole legend. You know, blah 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 blah. We haven't seen really any of the form that he showed at Cardiff. So, right from day one, it's and sometimes as a player, it just doesn't fit. Just like sometimes as a player, I always say sometimes it's just the right place for that player. It's not fitting for him at the moment. So, how straightforward would it be for Neil Warnock to get on the phone and bring him back? It was a I forget it was it was two three-year deal that Marshall signed. It depends. Silver might be saying, no, I love him. I've seen him in training. He's just suffering a bit of confidence at the moment. So he's going to be my number one next year. He might be saying, well, I've got this keeper who I work with in, in Greece or Spain or, you know, I'm going to bring him over. He's my number one target. You look at someone like Claudio Bravo, it doesn't always work out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, just because you've bought them and you say they're great, I always say, it doesn't matter what other people say, you still have to go out and play. So once you're over the white line, it doesn't matter what Pep Guardiola said about you. Now you're on your own. Or you've got your teammates around you, but you get highlighted as either very good or not so good. So, you know. What about McGregor then? We've got a question from Twitter from the Leckwith Mole. says, um, would you aim to keep McGregor at the club or would his... His wages be too high. Has he impressed either of you enough to to suggest that he should be on the books next season? Not for me, no. I would. Um, I think as well. You need, especially in your goalkeeper position, you need a constant. You don't need a maybe a lone if, keeper. Uh, it, it, no, for me, no. I think there's certain. You know, you can get away with it here and there, but even when you bring in a lone player, say a midfielder or something like that, what you tend to see is if they go in and it fits and they play well, the clubs usually try to extend that for the season. And, you know, so, you know, there's not going to be come January or next month they get called back to their club and, you know, you upset the rhythm and the momentum that you've gained. So, for me, I would try and get someone who I know, three or four year contract. And he's in, and you're building, and that's what I call building. Paul McGregor? No, no. I'd like to see David Marshall back. If it's not David Marshall, I'd like to see Wayne Hennessy. After that, I trust in Neil Warnock to get a sort of goalkeeper that Cardiff needs to take them to the Paddy next Kenny. level. 
It does like him, doesn't he? It does like him. <laughs> I don't even know if Paddy's still playing. Nor do I. <laughs> Must be available on a free, surely. <laughs> Let's move on, lads. And um, it's been International Week, which is the bane of many a, a club football fan. But it has seen a, a couple of interesting things from a Bluebird's point of view. Um, Aaron Gunnison, we know he's a, a stalwart. Blakey's a big fan, but mm. he's captaining Iceland to victories over Republic of Ireland. Mm. He's captaining them to the Euro 2016 quarterfinals. Why is he not the Cardiff City captain? Because um, Sean Morrison is. Sean Morrison is. is. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think what Neil Warnock done, which I totally agree with, is not remove the captaincy from that player. Is that unsettling to a squad? It is very. Right. I remember Bobby Gould trying to do it to Gary Speed. It wasn't good. It, it wasn't good. It's just, you know, especially at that time for Wales, there was no need for it. So personally now, I'll wait till the end of the season. And I wouldn't have, when Bamba came in, um, Manga being there, Gunnison being there, I would have done it at the start of the season, pre-season. I would pre-season, first day in, that would be something I would have said, right, captain this season back. But I would have made sure I spoke to Morrison first, um, and that's how I would. That's what I would do going forward next season. And for me, I've said it's either Bamber or Gunnison for me. Can I pin you down to one or one or the other? Is it better to well, have you a captain, captain and a vice captain? And I've always said it's just an armband. They all play yeah. as captains anyway, but it then tends to be like more off the field how their relationship is with the manager. Well, I'd say. Bamba's got a good relationship with Warnock because he's brought them in so I would probably go with Bamba because those two will sit down and conversate about things that have happened and direction and planning and what have you what have you so they've got a they've got a strong bond from previous uh, clubs so I would on that only I would go with um, Bamba Gunnison's captain's immaterial isn't he Paul the way he plays he's such a an energetic, industrious presence on the pitch. You sort of feel he's captain by default sometimes. Do you think he's more... Would you say oh, playing devil's advocate now, Dom, with you? So we're going to get Dom involved. Would you say he's more influential than Bamba then? I think because he's had such a long-term influence over the team. He's He's been a presence in the midfield for years now. and He's got that rapport with with a whole club almost. I think I'd probably... If it was me choosing, I'd go for, I'd go for Gunnarsson. Mm. I, um, he also has a rapport with the fans, probably more than any other player there at the moment, I'd say. I mean, you Bamba's know? pushing him close, surely. Yeah, Bamba is pushing him close. No, so in terms of him. going across to them all the time and sort mm. of interacting from the field, if you like, see what I mean. Um, he, you know, to captain a team that gets to the quarterfinals of those Euros... You've got to have something about you, haven't you, as a captain? And beating England in the process. You know, t- showed that showed exactly. That give him the captaincy showed, alone. Showed that showed <laughs> the, the lead- Wales captains for that. But he actually showed the leadership in that game that Wayne Rooney demonstrably failed to show. Mm. Um, you know, they only just lost to the French in the quarterfinals as well. You know, they went to Dublin midweek and beat Ireland, which is a tough place to win as well as mm. to their costs. You know, there's no way that Iceland have got better players than Wales. Mm. You know, mm. but there's something there about the leadership. Yeah, they plan a leadership group, and you know, clearly, you know, the Viking warrior, whatever you want to call it, from a mm-hmm. cliche point of view, there's something there 
about his captaincy that really impresses me at international level. Mm. And you look at it and you think, you know what? That could work for Cardiff as mm. well. But I totally see the Bamba argument. Totally mm. see it because he is a natural leader in his own right. Mm. So they've got a couple there. Um, it's not sounding particularly good news for Sean Morris and all this. Well, like I said, as much as you've got the Bamba Warnock connection on Gunnison, like Paul has just made the point, you've got the fact that he's captaining in the national team to victories over some big countries, you know yeah. what I mean? So that counts for something as well. Yeah. And I'm sure him and Neil Warnock would build and have a good relationship. So for me, I just think it's great that you are arguing about leaders it's that six Arsenal months debate, ago, and this is the thing I think which is again leans more towards Bamba than Gunnison. I have seen Gunnison where he hasn't been a leader for a long time at Cardiff City, so you have to take that into account as well. When things weren't good in his head, he had probably had enough, and he was like, This is doing my head in, and he wasn't showing the leadership qualities that he is now. Because if remember the Euros, people going, Oh, look at Gunnison. Oh, what's happened there? Blah, 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 blah. We hadn't seen that. Well, well we had, well, but it'd been a while a, since a time, we'd yeah. seen it. You know, he had obviously, he had, it, it, like I said, sometimes as a player, you just think, what is going on? And we knew with what was going on at Cardiff, I always said it ends up on the pitch. And he's a prime example of a player form dipping because I think of what was going on up above him. You know, I don't think it was solely down to playing. So, there's pros and cons for both, mate. You know, I wouldn't be bothered if you had a dual captaincy, you had a vice and number one, and I'm not bothered. They've they both got good leadership qualities for me. What are the pros and cons of Joe Mason, then? Maybe, uh, Joe Mason? Joe Mason, that's a curveball. Let's skip it forward. Okay. We've got um, Cardiff Wolves, well, Wolves versus Cardiff, should I say, at Molyneux this weekend. And a familiar name has been thrown into the mix this week in Mason. He left Cardiff January 2016 for £3 million. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really seen hide nor hair of him in coming up to sort of 15, 16 months now. What did you, first of all, Blakey, did you like Mason? I always liked Joe. I thought he had one incredible season where he scored 20 odd goals. Um, and then the season after, I think it was the. Was it the Premier League season, the season after? Or was it the season before we went to the Premier League, got 21 goals, 20 odd goals? It was a season where they went to the playoffs and lost to lost, uh, I mean, West Ham. Yeah, I think it yeah. Was it. And then the following season, they got promoted, yeah. wasn't it? But he didn't feature much. Fraser Campbell came in, didn't he? Yeah, and, and yeah. I think that, that, that was a problem for him when he was in his best form the following season. He had his best season, and the following season, he was called like surplus. I mean, in a better team, almost, and, a, and a, a, a higher level of player came in from the fight against, and he couldn't remove him. You know, Fraser was the man at that time, so I feel a little sorry for him in that way. But again, it's down to the player. You know, you, you get the opportunity; they don't give you the opportunity. Managers don't give you the opportunities because you've been there a while or your reputation or anything. They give you the opportunity because last week you earned it. So he's finding himself, you know, I use as a parallel, someone like uh, Jack Wilshire. You leave Arsenal, you go to Bournemouth, everyone goes, what's he doing going there? Six months later, he's on the bench. 
You don't even understand. <laughs> so all said and done for the English people can... saying how great he was going to become, actually, if you're dropping down at that level, you should be, you know, it might take you a while to become the big fish, but he should become the big fish. Now, it doesn't always work that way. He's not the big fish now, though, is he? It was three million absolutely. pounds. And... Well, absolutely. So the same thing has happened to Joe. You go in there with the expectation of him becoming the big fish. Two years later, they sign in players for 13, or four, three years later, sign in players for 13 million quid. You know? How, how can Jack Wilshire not make Bournemouth's team? Or England's midfield for that amount That's of players? Yeah, he's one of the better players. Listen, oh, well, look at, look at um, Oxley, Chamberlain, the other day. You're not looking at him thinking there's an England centre midfielder, desperate to play in the position. I know a lot of press have had a goal saying, oh, you've got to do this and got to do it. Truth is, you have to, you know. So it, it just shows if you come out of a, a great team of great players around you and go into a good team, are you still a great player? Well, I would say the best example I can give you, when I was a kid and I was at Chelsea, Paul Gascoigne had just signed for Spurs. And they come and play in a pre-season friendly. And first half they wouldn't pass him the ball because he was a new kid and he was a bit greedy second half he absolutely run the show and he took Tottenham to another level that's what I'm talking about with regards Mason um, I would sum up his Cardiff career by saying I don't know how to sum it up yeah it's um, that wasn't it yeah that's a very good way I mean he would flattered to see mm. Bits and pieces. He would do the odd, you know. One of my abiding memories of Joe Mason is in the Carling Cup final at Wembley against Liverpool, when Cardiff had a break, and it was centre mid, and and he suddenly just at pace he did this step over, and Glenn Johnson fell over on his backside, and Mason was away. Johnson that year was the best right back in the Premier League. He was voted in all the teams, this, that, and the other, and I just thought. This bloke has got something about him. You don't do that to England's right back without without having a special talent. Um, and every now and again in a Cardiff game, he would do something. More, probably being a bit unfair on him saying this, I don't know, but more more often than not at home rather than away, I don't know. Um, and he would do something. He'd score a goal, and this that, and he'd have a dribble, and you think, yeah, this is a player with real talent. But it was real fits and starts, and there was mm. never an element because, for one reason or another, whether it was not being picked regularly or being substituted, there was no real consistency there from Joe. I think for Carter, and I think sometimes I, when he's a Cardiff, he's a young lad, and it's easy to drop those type of players. And he, yeah. and from what I gather, he's not the type of player who will go in, you know, like a bull in the china shop, and you know, have it with the manager and all that. So. That's why I so always say, if you're a young lad, you know, if you think you're in the right, stand up for yourself and go and because otherwise your career can drift. If a manager thinks, ah, well, I'm not going to get much trouble out of Joe, so I'll just drop him, even though he's playing well, but I can drop him because this player I've bought, I need to squeeze him in. You know, if you don't stand up and make a point of saying, this is what, well, I'm not saying this is what can happen, but things like this can happen to you. Your career can drift away. Now, Having the money move then, three million pounds to Wolves, which was decent though, you know, it's for him then to become the number one at Wolves. It's difficult. It is difficult because, you know, you've got competition around you every day, all looking for the same shirt, number nine. And uh, 
you just got to have the kahunas, I suppose, to be able to go there and, push your uh, way in. and yeah, force your way in, force your manager to trust you. That's the other problem with, with Mason. Was he a nine? Was he a ten? Was mm. he a wide player? Mm. A victim of his own versatility, maybe? Mm. Victim. You know, he, he had talent yeah. to play all, all the positions. What I would say, he's a jack of all trades, a yeah. master of none. He's not particularly quick. He's not, you wouldn't say he's a great finisher. He's not, you know, got super strength mm. and prowess yeah. he's not great in the air but if you ask him to do any one of those things he can do it well it's exactly what um, I suppose a, a Wolves fan pundit for the Birmingham Mail down there yesterday when I was writing the Joe Mason piece and he said Mason's never looked out of place he's never looked a poor player mm. but he he felt he needed an extra second on the ball he felt he was a little lightweight mm. and I think the Wolves fans have thought similar and mm. the Cardiff City fans even um, on Facebook yesterday when that story was we're posted green. up they were saying they don't miss Mason mm. you know he, he wasn't a player that they think mm. they hark back to and remember with, with the huge amount well, of he fondness. had a one great season didn't he like I said he did have one great season I did feel like he had to build on that so when you get the opportunity you have to do it comes down to sometimes you have to do special things mm. regularly to force your way into the manager's mind, kind of like Zahor has done. Mm. You understand what I mean? You know, you know Neil Warnock might say now, oh, I always knew, <laughs> right? But trust me, in the beginning, he would have been like, <laughs> well, if this is what I've got to work with, this is what I've got to work with, so let's just roll him out there. And what it'll do is highlight, we need a striker. And then all of a sudden... You lay down that market, don't well, you? Well, if you knew the rhetoric was then, ah, well, you know, if he keeps going like this, we won't need a striker. Now it's, well, this is not luck. He's obviously a quality player, and we've just unearthed a rough diamond because whatever it was psychologically, mentally, you know, physically, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Now I've shown confidence in him and know he knows he's a number one. Now people are saying, are we going to be able to hold on to him? That's how quickly things can change, Tom. You know? We're probably likely to see uh, Zahora not Mason then uh, this Saturday at Molyneux. Is it is it a dead game? Are these dead games now, Paul? Or, or can we learn something from these from these fixtures? I'm sure Warnock will be saying there's everything to learn. Yeah, no, no Neil Warnock team will go out with the presumption that it's a dead game. Some of them are playing for their futures. What I would say is it's a game that is hard to get overly excited about. Um, Wolves coming off the back of three straight victories. This is about mentality now for me with the players. And I think that's what Neil Warnock will be looking at most. It's now because everyone's saying, oh, we're safe and it's a dead game. How do you approach a dead game? Do you approach it the same way as you approach a game that, if you were Brighton right now or Newcastle, so you go all out? Everything you got, leave on the pitch, or do you uh, mosey through it and think that? Yeah, well, I think you said last week that you know there's no way Warnock will, will let it happen, and there's no way Cardiff City players will let. It he happen. won't let it happen, but sometimes mentality players they're not always where you want them to be. So now it's down to the individual to show, you know, because this could be your last ten games or your last eight games of a season, and you're in seventh spot and you need to get into the playoffs. What's your mentality going to be? Can you get yourself up and go again? Get up and go again. Get up and go again. Because winning the championship or getting promoted out of the championship in second or through the playoffs, it is so difficult. 
incredibly difficult and is so wearing on the body. So the mind is what drives the body. So it's going to be interesting now for Warnock and the players how they finish. It's, it's, it's really important for me. It's not a dead game. None of them are dead games. It's really important. Your predictions then, chaps, for a, a not dead game <laughs> at Molyneux? You done them last time, didn't we? Uh, because it's it was that game when uh, Mace, uh, where Zohora came to life yeah, at uh, half time. Because it's um, two one, I think. Such a hard, such a flat game in that respect. It's such a hard game to call. Mm. Um, but they're not safe yet, are they? They've had a, a good run, no, but but not. not quite. No, no, they're not quite safe. In- so, international break. Yeah. Warnock would have spent two weeks working with the majority of his squad. Lambert's Lambert's in a position where he's building for next season. I, I'm mm. going to take, given the rich vein of form Zahora's in, and if he carries on like this, he'll be the championship top scorer next season. That's how impressive the run is. I'm going to tip Carter to sneak this 2 1. There we are. And away we win. Blakey. Must have had a so good last <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the way both teams were. I don't think. People like Stearman and that at the back four Wolves will handle Zahor at all. I think if Zahor is on it still, which I think he will be, probably be hungrier because he hasn't played for a couple of weeks. When you're scoring and playing well, you do want the next game and you're almost like, oh no, international break. So I think he'd be chomping a bit. So yeah, I'd go I'd go one one more. I'd go with a a three one, three two win, Cardiff. Interesting thoughts, gents. Mm. You want me to do a prediction as well? Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's go realism. One all. Are you saying ours weren't real? Dick? I'm just saying. <laughs> Are you saying you don't rate There's, a huge, there's a huge amount of optimism in this room. Well, I remember Let Cardiff, me just temper that for I remember a Cardiff going up there noon, just tearing them apart, having a worldy scoring two, could have, could have scored three. I think, I think there's the every chance. There's the, every confidence, chance. the confidence comes from Zahora. Mm. You Absolutely, know, I, and you know, as you know, Blake. It's not to be sniffed at when a striker's in form. He was a player I, I'm not saying I didn't particularly rate, but the well, jury, we jury, jury was very much out on him. Yeah. a couple of months ago, three months ago, he seems to be scoring every damn game mm. these days. He's, and, a, he's yeah, on a roll. That's where the confidence is. What I would ask is, Kenneth, keep your goals for when it really matters next season. And no, 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 don't use them all up now. <laughs> don't use them all dry. up now. Yeah, I just say, just keep them coming. <laughs> okay, you know. Brilliant. Thanks, chaps. That's all for this week. Uh, remember, you can follow all the latest Cardiff City news on Wales Online. Sorry, Go on, you Blakey. didn't even give uh, our mate a mention from last week. And a big thank you to him and how his day went on Sunday. Of course. Um, there was uh, a chance to see a lot of legends mm, back on the pitch. Didn't I know give him a mention. Kev even got on the, on the score sheet. So uh, my, my apologies to Kev yes. and our regards to him. Well done, Kev. I know he had a good day. Mate. We enjoyed having him on and we'll also try and get a few more Bluebirds legends on the podcast in future weeks. I know mm-hmm. Blakey's keen to chew the cud with them. Mm. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> right, cheers, chaps, and we'll see you same time next week. Cheers. <laughs>